Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today Rabbi is going to be sharing with us the importance of and blessing in overcoming doubt. Today's message was recorded in Israel before the most recent war broke out and Rabbi and his wife were there when the turmoil began. And if you're interested in learning about their journey during those challenging times, we encourage you to visit our YouTube channel, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, for more information. But today, Rabbi Schneider will be sharing a truly special message with us from the Sea of Galilee. This remarkable landmark has been the site of many many pivotal biblical events. For instance, it's here that Jesus exhibited his power and calmed the raging seas supernaturally. And it's here that he walked on water and called his disciples Simon and Andrew to follow him while they were fishing in these very waters. And we believe like Simon and Andrew, you're going to feel inspired today to follow God more closely through our message, Overcoming Doubt. This lesson is part of our ongoing series on on the Holy Land. And if you've missed any of our previous messages, or if you'd like to download study notes for this series, you'll find them online at our website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. But now here is Rabbi Schneider from the Sea of Galilee. I'm gonna begin reading today from the book of Matthew chapter 13, then into Matthew chapter 14. And we're gonna look at the incident after Yeshua got done feeding the 5,000, how he sent the disciples out on the boat in the Sea of Galilee because he had just heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And when he had heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, he was so grieved, he just wanted to be alone. So he went to a lonely place to pray and he sent his disciples out ahead of him onto the Sea of Galilee. So let me just read to put it in context a little bit. After Jesus had heard that John the Baptist was beheaded, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place to pray by himself. And so Jesus, again, he's just alone with the Lord. And it's a great example, obviously, beloved ones, for us, for you and I to break away from all the friendships that we have in the natural realm, to just be with God so that he can give to us what we need to walk with him and to be united with him as we're in the world. And he sent the disciples again ahead of him in the boat. They were on the Sea of Galilee, as you see around me now. And I'm going to pick up now reading in Matthew chapter number 14, verse number 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So let's put it in context. Jesus is by himself praying. He sent the disciples ahead of him. They're on the Sea of Galilee. It's in the middle of the night. The scriptures tell us that it was in the fourth watch of the day. Now the fourth watch, beloved, translates to between 3 a.m and 6 a.m. in the morning. 
And while it was in this fourth watch between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, the disciples on the boat, the sea is begin to pick up. In other words, the Sea of Galilee is notorious that when things shift here and the winds began to blow, this sea becomes very unstable. And it was so unstable that water was coming in over the boat. It's also interesting here at what time this happened. Again, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning is when this incident happens. They begin to get terrified. And in the midst of this, Jesus, beloved, comes to them walking on the water. Now, the thing that I think is so interesting about this is I think about my own testimony. Back in 1978, Jesus appeared to me in the middle of the night. It was 3.30 in the morning. So what was it? It was the fourth watch of the day. And when I read of people that have had a supernatural visitation from Jesus or talk with people that have had supernatural visitations from Jesus, it almost always happens in this fourth watch of the day between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. I just think that's really interesting. Let's continue on here. When in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's interesting that they didn't recognize it was him. And the point, beloved ones, is this, that sometimes Jesus will come to us in circumstances and in supernatural means that we don't recognize that it's him and we get afraid. That's what happened here. Listen again. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Many of us, we put Jesus in a box and we can only accept his supernatural activity in our life when he comes to us in the box that we've placed him in. But God is so far outside of our box. He's so much bigger than our own paradigms. And if we're gonna grow in grace and grow in our experience with God and grow in our experience of experiencing his supernatural activity in our life, we're gonna to have to be willing to recognize him, beloved ones, when he comes to us in ways that are outside of our boxes. Let me give you an example. I hear oftentimes people say, God would never do that. He would never act like that because they say, the Holy Spirit is always a gentleman. And they think anything that does not create immediate peace couldn't be God because many of us have heard the statement before, the Holy Spirit's always a gentleman. And so people then that come from that persuasion, they can only accept a movement of God or an activity of God when it doesn't create any disruption or doesn't create any disorder because they say, God's always a gentleman. He'll only be a gentleman. But beloved, that's just not who God always is. That's a paradigm that people have locked them in that sometimes prevent them from recognizing a supernatural move of God. For example, remember Paul. Paul, when he was on his way to Damascus, what happened? He was blinded by a supernatural light. God knocked him off his horse. Paul was on his tuchus, laying on the ground, terrified. And he said, who art thou? The voice said from the light, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now get up and it will be told what you must do for me. And Paul was left blind until God healed him. Let me ask, when Paul got converted to Jesus. When he came to Jesus by faith, he was still a Jew, but he became converted to knowing that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. Did Jesus come to him as a gentleman? No. Jesus blinded him, knocked him off his horse. Paul was on his back. He said, who are you? 
Jesus came to them in a way that wasn't as a gentleman. It really shook them up. They didn't know who it was. They were terrified. So be careful that you don't write something off in your life just because it doesn't seem peaceful at first because God is so much bigger, beloved, than our paradigm. And we want to be willing to be stretched. And to do that requires that we're open and trusting him to work in our life how he wants to because he's God. Like Daniel said, he quoted Nebuchadnezzar. When Nebuchadnezzar says, he does what he will with the host of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can say to him, what are you doing? You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back, so please keep listening. Did you know that you can connect with Rabbi right on your phone? The Rabbi Schneider app is packed with resources, videos, and a daily devotional that are designed to help jumpstart your day. The Rabbi Schneider app is free, bringing you inspiration and encouragement 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Simply search for Rabbi Schneider in your phone's app store and download the app today. We are so thankful for everyone who gives a financial gift of support to this ministry. And perhaps today is the day that you decide that you would like to deepen your commitment to discovering the Jewish Jesus. The best way to do that is to sign up to become a monthly partner at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or you can call us at 800-777-7835. Together, we can help others prepare for Jesus' return. And now let's get back into the second half of today's message. So let's continue on. Jesus said, take courage, it is I. When they thought it was a ghost, Jesus said, no, it's me. Take courage. Look at what's going on in your life right now. Is there something going on in your life right now that seems unique, it seems supernatural, but you're afraid? Maybe it's Jesus. Ask him, Lord, if this is you, help me to perceive you in the situation. We continue on in verse 28. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Jesus spoke the living word, the word made flesh, spoke to Peter and said, come. And when Peter heard that, there was such authority in it, such fullness in it, Peter knew he was hearing God's word. And so what did Peter do? Listen, he sees God's word. When Jesus said, come, Peter sees that word. And listen what happened. And he said, come. And then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. You know, one of the most supernatural encounters, beloved ones, I ever had in my life is when I heard the audible voice of the Lord speak to my soul in the middle of the night. And it was like fire. I literally felt the fire of the living Spirit of God moving in my soul, coming from God the Father, and then rolling around through my soul, back to God, in my soul, back to God, like a holy circle of fire. And this is what I heard the Lord say, audibly and distinctly, clearer than I'm speaking to you with my own voice right now through my lips. I heard his voice and he said to me, beloved, this, he said, seize my word, the Lord said, and don't let anything else in. I want you to hear that again. I'm telling you, this is the word of the Lord. The Lord said to me this, he said, seize my word, seize my word, he said, and don't let anything else in. So notice what happened. When Peter sees the word that Jesus spoke, because when Jesus speaks a word to us, whether it's in the scriptures 
or whether it's by the Spirit. Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Jesus is still speaking today. That's why in Acts chapter 2, we read that those whom the Holy Spirit has been poured out on would operate in the realm of prophecy, dreams, and visions. Read Acts chapter 2. What happens? The experience of those that receive the Spirit. So God's still speaking today. Peter heard his voice. Jesus said, come. Again, Jesus is still speaking to you, so be listening. And when Peter sees the living word that Jesus spoke to him, what happened? Peter was able to get out of the boat, listen to me now, beloved ones, and supernaturally walk on the water. Seize my word, the Lord said to me, and don't let anything else in. When Peter seized the word and didn't let anything else in, he walked on the water. And when you seize God's word in your life, beloved one, and step out and act on it, supernatural things will happen in your life and you'll operate at a supernatural level. But notice what happened next. When Peter did let something else in, when he looked at the waves and he got terrified with the wind, no longer seizing God's supernatural word, but instead being overcome by the circumstances, letting something else in, he sunk. So listen what happened. Jesus said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But listen now, Peter then let something else in. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hands. I love that. The merciful Jesus. The Jesus that's so tender towards us, so, so tender towards our frailness and humanity. When Peter began to doubt, what did Jesus do? He reached out and pulled him back up and saved him. You know, the psalmist said, even though I fall, I will not fail completely. I'll not fall completely. Even if I slip, I will not fall because his right hand upholds me. And the same is true for you and I, beloved ones. When we really love Jesus, we do our best to believe. We're growing. We're stepping out in faith. We're seizing his word. We're practicing, not letting anything else in. But Father's so patient with us that when we're growing on the journey and we trip and stumble, you know what? He saves us. He's there for us, beloved. Don't be afraid of failure. He'll lift you back up just like he did Peter. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You see, beloved ones, the root of fear is doubt because what happened? At the beginning of the story, we read that Peter got afraid. He looked at the waves and became terrified of the wind. And then Jesus said, you of little faith, Jesus said in verse 31, Why did you doubt? So I want you to hear this. If you're struggling with a fear in your life, the remedy to that fear, beloved one, is a faith in God's word. And when you take God's word and apply it to your fear, whatever your fear is, if it's the fear of growing old, you use God's word. God's word says, even when I am old and my hairs are gray, he will not forsake me. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you even to the end. So if you're struggling with the fear of aging or growing old, how do you overcome that fear? You overcome the fear, beloved, in the same way that Peter was able to walk on water. You put your faith in God's word, just as Peter put his faith in Jesus' word when Jesus said, come. If you're struggling with a faith because of your finances, what do you do? You take your eyes off of your fear 
and you begin to put your faith in God's word, God's word says what? He shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. Whatever your fear is, find a portion in God's word that combats that fear and keep that portion of God's word out in front of you. Quote it, memorize it, speak it. Listen, you have to resist the devil. You see, the Lord has assigned us, hear me now, church, to be overcomers. And so seven times in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, he that overcomes will inherit these things. At the end of Paul's life, Paul said, I have fought the fight of faith. And so the overcoming life, beloved, is overcoming through the faith of God's word. We've been given faith and we now need to apply that faith to God's word. And when we do that, we overcome. And every single one of us, beloved, has been assigned to overcome. And so God is gonna strategically even place challenges in your life, whether they're circumstantial, whether you're just dealing maybe with some mental challenges, maybe you're just dealing with irrational fears. You know, how many of the things that we're afraid of in life actually happen? So many of the things that we fear, they're all in the realm of the spirit and the mind. What do we do to break these fears, beloved? Through our faith in the word of God. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, get this now, and the word of our testimony. And what's the word of our testimony? It's beloved, testifying God's word. We're speaking God's word. So I challenge you today, live the life of an overcomer, live the life of faith. Listen, all of us have to fight the fight of faith, every single one of us. God is strategically causing us to have to overcome by facing mountains, beloved, and the only way to overcome these mountains are our faith. I wanna pray with you right now. Father God, wherever your people are at right now, I know that each one is in a really unique place. And Father, even as I'm sitting here on this boat on the Sea of Galilee, and Father, you've located me and I've located you right now in your spirit. I know that you want each one of your people to locate themselves in you right where they're at in your circumstance. Even as you, Jesus, were with your disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and as soon as you got into the boat, the storm ceased, the way stopped. I know that right now, for each one of your people, regardless of what their circumstances, when they recognize your presence in their life with them and put their faith in you, I know, Lord, that the mental anguish will cease. Listen what happens at the conclusion of the story. It says, Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Listen to this, when they got into the boat, who's they? Peter and Jesus got into the boat. What boat? The boat that was assailed with the waves. So now what happens is Peter's not in the boat alone anymore, but he brings Jesus into the boat with them. When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, you are certainly God's son. Father God, right now, I just speak an opening of hearts that they would locate you in their boat, that whatever their circumstances are, Father, whether it's in the realm of the material world, whether it's just in the realm of the mind or the spirit, that Father God, they would locate you with them right now and that locating you with them in the midst of their challenge, Father God, that the winds would stop, Father God, that the waves would die down and that they would experience your supernatural 
Amen. This is Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Rabbi Schneider. And while Rabbi laid out the strategy for overcoming doubt today, because God wants us to be overcomers. But in order to do that, we need to take stock of where we're at spiritually right now. So let me ask you, are you afraid of the storm swirling around you? Or are you keeping your eyes focused on Jesus, the master over the winds and the waves? And if you could use some encouragement today, or if you'd like to share your story with us, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And while you're there, make sure to look at all the ways that you can support us this season. And to talk a little bit more about that, let's turn things back over to Rabbi. Jesus gave his commission to his church Go from Jerusalem to Samaria, even to the uttermost parts of the earth, spreading the gospel. The Lord also told us that the gospel goes to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. I want you to know, when you support me and the ministry of discovering the Jewish Jesus in a very real way, you're fulfilling this command. You're supporting me that the Lord has raised up as a Jewish believer to preach the gospel in Jerusalem, even from there, beloved, to the uttermost parts of the earth. I want to thank you for partnering with what the Lord is doing through discovering the Jewish Jesus. And I want you to be confident that lives are being changed because of you. I want to ask you, beloved, if you sense the Holy Spirit leading you to support me and support this ministry, just be obedient. God will bless you. I love you and shalom. There are several easy and convenient ways you can give. First, you can automate your gift by becoming a monthly partner when you visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or you can write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. You can also call us at 800-777-7835. And you know, in this series, we've been learning what it means to overcome doubt. And I wanted to share this moment with you from one of our on the ground festivals about a Muslim girl who overcame her circumstances to put her trust in Jesus. We had one testimony of a Muslim girl. She came to the new believers meeting. She thanks God. She was a Muslim. Wow. The, the grandfather was an imam in the mosque. Wow. The, their, their friends come and they could say anything, but when they come and they go back, their grandfather canes them. She had felt the drawing to Jesus, and she was even sneaking out and going to churches. And when she got back home, her Muslim grandfather would beat her. But she had never prayed to receive Jesus. Before she was not born again. Not born she again. just got born again last night. Wow. So she prayed to receive Jesus, repented of her sin, asked Jesus to come into her life and be her Lord for the first time during the crusade. And she stood up and testified about that. Wow, what an act of courage and faithfulness. If you'd like to share your story of overcoming doubts and darkness, we'd love to hear from you. Just connect online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. But first, here's Rabbi Schneider with a special blessing. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, we find a blessing God speaks over his children through Moses and Aaron. It carries the idea of favor and expression. Open your heart to the Spirit and the Word today and receive Father's goodness into your life with confidence. 
shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us next time when Rabbi Schneider explains how we can overcome the darkness. That's Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.